0: Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps it all remembered that old saying, our Corrales. Corrales.
1: Hello and welcome to Second Officer Slog, Episode Fifty Five. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my number one, Jackson.
2: Hello. We're here to talk about Star Trek. It's the six-month bell. It's ringing. It's time for more Star Trek books.
1: Yeah, uh, it happened. Um, damn, what's happened in the six months? Uh, the entirety of Discovery <laughs> Season Three happened. I watched one episode and then didn't I watch two anymore.
2: And didn't watch anymore. I liked the um, first episode.
1: Yeah, I liked the first episode a lot and then I just didn't I was we busy with other stuff. Uh keeping up with television's hard on its own even when it's a show like Discovery that I have a conflicted relationship with. Right. Um, yeah. I um I watched a single episode of uh of Lower Decks. I thought that was pretty good. I'm excited to watch more of it. It might secretly be the good Star Trek of the modern era. So
2: um yeah, maybe. I haven't I haven't seen it. The things I've seen from it have all been terrible, but they've all been like, you know, really obnoxious clips of the like the, the wacky cartoon
1: bits wacky and not the cartoon. part where they're doing star yes. trek plots yes yes
2: yeah yeah i mean one
1: comes with the other right like yeah. look we could be watching the orville it's better than the orville um but uh it is like a it is an, an adult cartoon that is a star trek show so you, you take the good with the bad uh, like i said i thought i was pretty impressed the first episode i thought it was on point about some stuff and that i really wish the real star trek would be on point about please yeah
2: we're looking for um, that for years
1: yeah, and then uh, last night I watched an episode of the original series. That was fun. Which one? Uh, the Galileo 7, which is where me and Destiny left off watching original series in the haphazard way we've been watching original series. Uh, that's a bad episode of Star Trek. Uh, but is it, show- is
2: it a good, bad episode of Star Trek?
1: No, no, it's a bad episode. So, <laughs> okay. So... Uh, Spock McCoy, uh, Scotty and some people who don't matter all crash, like are on the shuttle and crash on a planet. And the chip can't find them because there's a bunch of ionized radiation in this area, Uh, but they've got like a 24 hour limit to find them because there's a, there's a, um, there's a fucking guy. He's not an admiral. I don't know. Commissioner, a commissioner is on board and he needs them to go to a planet to deliver a vaccine for a virus. Um, and he's (laughs) like, you can look for it. You can look for a day, but then we need to go and deliver the vaccine. And Kirk's like, but my men, um, and it turns out the planet is full of like giant, like Yeti guys. Like they're just big dudes with spears and shields or whatever. Um and uh and Spock's in command, and this is an episode about how everyone doesn't trust Spock because he's an unthinking like a machine instead of a man with thoughts and emotions. Um and I hate this the this the, the TOS plot I hate the most is the way in which TOS characters are racist against Spock. Yes. Um and it, I watch this like right after finishing the book and say what you will about Enterprise's many foibles, but the way in which humans and Vulcans are racist toward each other is like realistic and interesting most of the time.
2: Yeah, I would say that. I think the like human Vulcan yeah. stuff in enterprises I was about to say mine, but it's basically everyone's favorite part of that show. Everyone loves the Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and so going directly into McCoy being like, oh, I can't believe you don't have a heart, uh, Spock. Uh, I'm like, this is not what these characters are about. Yeah. Uh, Like, McCoy likes teasing Spock because McCoy knows that Spock has emotions and just refuses to admit it to anyone.
2: Right, that's why it's, like, at the end of every episode is, like, a comedy tag.
1: Yes. Uh, And this episode did have that, but the rest of it was very serious about, like, oh, can we even trust Spock? Like, maybe we need to, like, do something about that. They don't. They don't actually float doing a mutiny, but, like, it has the energy of, like, it's building up to that.
2: Um, This is the peak of, like... Oh, right. Star Trek like, was like they had concepts and everyone made scripts and the, like, the idea of it hadn't coalesced yet.
1: Yes. It's uh, uh, yeah. So two things. One, it's very much like that episode where data takes command of that one ship and everyone's like super racist to data. Yeah. Um, and that sucked. Uh, and also, apparently this was written because this is right when they were starting to get feedback and they realized Spock was the most popular character. So they needed a Spock episode where Spock was in charge of something. And then this is what they write. And I'm like, what is the purpose here? <laughs>
2: Well, that's so strange that cuz I was like well that clearly can't be in this has to be before they figured out why everyone likes like the main 3. Um I mean they no. realized
1: everyone likes Spock but they didn't under I don't and think they understood why. Exa- why. Yes. Yeah.
2: Cuz that's that's not what anyone likes about Spock. Um god but yeah I mean cool enjoy enjoy the uh, original series I guess. It's a it's mostly a good show when it's not being bad. Hard swings in original series, but I enjoy it.
1: Um, the thing with the original series is that, um, I don't, it's weird. Cause like, I don't like love the show, but I think most of the plots are like interesting and on point. Like it's, it's well written for the TV. It is right. Like you just get the thing that star Trek essentially never stops being, um, but in a, like a much more concentrated form, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the, it's like the, um, moxie of soda of television shows. Like it reminds you that all sodas used to be weird medicinal things that were full of herbs and like tasted like shit. I happen to like Moxie, but most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Most people just want a Coke.
2: But you know, you go back to the different series, and sometimes you get something like I feel like it has the most variance and just stuff you can get. the 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 gap between even like good episodes, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Sitting on the Edge of Forever and uh, Errand of Mercy, like they're good in such different ways. They're basic from different shows. Yes.
1: Uh, also, we have the problem where, uh, because we're doing this podcast, we hopped around and watched a lot of the like really like Stone Cold classics. Yes. So what we have left are like the B tier and below. <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some real bangers in there. I don't know. I'm not like super well up on what considered like is like a classic TOS episode or anything. Um but
2: we did watch like, you know, to Aaron the Mercy, to the Ninja Forever, uh the, the yeah. Cold Might Maneuver, um yeah. whatever the Romulan one was. Like just going yeah. down the lists all yeah, the yeah. bangers. we did all that.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh Spock's Brain. I've seen Spock's Brain, you know. Spock's Brain. Yeah. Real bangers.
2: God. That, that one where they're, what's the one where they're in the mine? And all the like all the cuts are weird. Uh oh, Devil
1: in the Dark, the the Horda, Horda is that what they're called?
2: I think so. It's, uh, there's a weird creature in the mine, but I remember it because all the editing's like super avant-garde and then you go look yeah, at the yeah. thing and we're like, this editor got told to knock it the fuck off.
1: No, it was cool. It looks sick. It was, sick. So it was cool. amazing. Um, so good. I think that's Devil in the Dark. Okay. I always get it mixed up with Wolf in the Fold, which is the one where Scotty's accused of like being a serial killer. Um, like, I
2: haven't seen that one, but I should. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm pretty sure that one's Wolf of the Fold and Devil in the Dark is the one with the Horde. I think it's the Horda. The little, like, lava blob. It's yeah, the, cute.
2: The lava blob. I forgot the name of it, but, you know, the lava yep. blob. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Star Trek. Yeah.
1: yeah. Destiny, we're we're finishing Dragon Ball Super soon. Uh, this is not an anime podcast, but Destiny was like, I really want to get back to Voyager, and so I'm really hyped to watch some fucking mediocre Star Trek.
2: And just completely free ourselves of uh keep like the idea of keeping up with modern star trek uh you know maybe we'll watch discovery season um three at some point but like as a choice not as like uh this is what's happening on star trek now yes <laughs> um and today we're here to uh, dive back into the enterprise books yeah. So, uh,
1: this is a patron episode, uh, requested by Rubric, just like the last one time we showed up was. And, uh, we are reading the Enterprise book, The Good That Men Do, which was written by Andy Mangles and Michael A. Martin. It came out in, where's the release date? 2007. We are going to be spoiling everything about Enterprise. This is a post-Enterprise book. We're also inconceivably going to be spoiling the end of DS9. <laughs>
2: A little, <laughs> a little bit a little bit a little we, bit we we are gonna have to talk about the end of ds9 because of some stuff this book does that we won't even allude to and you know just the book makes some choices well, just, there's a framing device
1: that re- like is about things after ds9 that's yes. it that's all that's it. That's, um, it that's
2: not yes nothing mind-blowing but it do- talking about this book requires talking about enterprise and ds9
1: yes um you know uh so we're going to be doing that and uh if you're not in here for that uh my apologies uh come back never i don't know we're gonna do another of these <laughs> yeah no,
2: no. i mean i'm always happy like um okay like rubik was very apologetic. like oh, i can you know i can do something more you know substantive if you know. i yeah. i read this book no. i'm like
1: man damn if i didn't have a day job i'd love to bring sos back we would <laughs> we would stop talking about uh like modern star trek we just read f- these books we'd have a great time because i li- i still like thinking about star Trek um I, we're gonna get into that I think this book's full of interesting stuff that's like nice to think about um and uh I, I miss it but I don't have the, we don't have the time we have we're the too time. busy we're
2: too busy we've got too much going on but uh
1: we're uh... we're the thing is I we could fit it in, but it like costs to our health, and like that's a reason uh, yeah. we stopped doing so many podcasts, right? Like I could definitely do one of these every month or two, but I'd be I'd be miserable. I'd be worse off for it,
2: and it would become an obligation. Like this would you know? Yep. Uh, but every six months, it's like fuck yes, new Star Trek time. Let's have a yes, dumb absolutely. look at whatever's going on in Enterprise. I'm always excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, anyway and jackson would you like to briefly summarize this book really no um this is gonna be a bad <laughs> summary because the book's long but not much happens. so this is gonna be, all right i'm gonna do a very very short like the, the broad scale version and um we'll get into like the like subplots of the book because it's mostly just kind of like meandering is the wrong word but just a lot of threads t- like taking the end of enterprise uh, and setting up this like Romulan War series that this these these authors go and and write like these yes continue to write the uh, Enterprise books for a while it's clear in this book that they're like making plans for future books yeah uh, so uh, this takes place six months after the episode Terra Prime uh, well no I guess I'll do the frame story this takes place forty uh, odd years I don't remember exactly some point in the twenty fifth century no yeah 25th century forgetting how numbers work, 24 whatever um yeah uh and nog has uh shown up at jake Sisko's house which is the house from the visitor uh when he's he in the future in visitor in
1: continuity real according to this book
2: apparently apparently somehow uh jake Sisko. i mean
1: i assume jake had a much better happier life but still <laughs> ends up being a recluse writer in uh,
2: louisiana or whatever yeah that's just where he's happy you know what i'm uh, fine with that i'm fine with that uh and has come with, like, some holotapes that uh, prove that s- history has been altered. The official uh, Starfleet data bank has been altered. And what he is talking about... And not is... in the way
1: where people time travel and alter the future and all- pass all the time.
2: <laughs> no, which, like, Nog <laughs> and Jake have both been party to several times. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, uh, what he's talking about is uh, the... Um, the end of enterprise the episode all uh not all good things uh the, these are the voyages let's say it. it has like yes. a, a super evocative this is all of star trek name uh famously terrible episode it's very bad uh riker watches uh the um enterprise crew like have a brief shitty adventure while uh archer's about to like and make the federation happen in 2160 uh but that's mm-hmm. like six years later um And everyone's still the same rank. Uh, Trip dies pointlessly and stupidly. Uh, Shran has a baby and they forgot about Andorian gender. Um, That one I'm, you know, less, I'd care less about, but the book still cares. Uh, Yes. (laughs) uh, And doesn't make any sense. Uh, All of these things are bad and everyone hated it. So they came to write a fix fic to completely retcon the end uh, of Enterprise and change all of this. Uh, like, you know, and, like, Nog has uncovered the real, the real tapes. And yes. he's going to see the true history of what happened uh, in 2155, weirdly years earlier. I don't know why it's moved in time. <laughs> like, so six months after the episode Terra Prime, the episode before all uh, uh, these are the voyages. Uh, Terra Prime is an episode in which um, Archer and crew stop terra prime this like human centric basically cerberus from mass effect organization uh from like doing a terrorist attack because they think that humans are uh, becoming too intermingling with other species and they stop this and say no we must hold on to our uh, you know pluralism and form the federation everyone goes yes but in five years we're not there yet but the show got canceled hooray uh and this picks up six months later. They're about to form the uh, the what is it called? It's not confirmed. Well, specifically, the thing that Coalition. really is
1: important about what happened in Terra Prime is that they, the, the terrorists created a clone baby with Trip and Paul's
2: DNA, and that I baby died. I was going to leave that, that stuff out of the summary, but yes, I mean it's, it's really important to the
1: dynamic between the two of them, which is what this book is ultimately about.
2: It is it is important to uh, Trip and to Paul, and their, their baby dies, which is a clone they knew for about five minutes.
1: Yeah, uh, but they were already, like, on a weird, like, will, like on again, off again. It was a bad time for them. I time. actually think the Terra Prime stuff is pretty good.
2: I think Terra Prime stuff is fairly good. Uh, I think this book attaches a little more weight to this clone baby when, like, Tripp's seen him a clone of himself die. <laughs> well, sure, but in a, in a
1: universe where Terra Prime is the finale of Enterprise, which yeah. is essentially what this yes. becomes now, uh, it's going to gain weight just through narrative, like, narrative, you know, yeah. framing,
2: right? Because, yes. Otherwise, it would just be an episode of Star Trek. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Miles O'Brien. Miles O'Brien had a clone that died, and or it might be the real one. No one
2: knows. Who cares? No one knows. It doesn't matter. Is there a difference? Who can say? Summer installs now. Tom Riker over here going. There's a difference. There's, There's a, a fucking a difference. There's a fucking difference. Where the fuck is Kira? <laughs> I've been here for thirty years. Oh, God. We should make a Tom Riker show. He's still in the prison. It'd <laughs> be so fucking funny. Uh anyway, uh this picks up six months later. Uh Archer is about to uh preside briefly over like the uh, forming of the coalition of planets which is the informal agreement that will eventually become the federation. Uh an agreement Well, between... it's an agreement between <laughs> the famous races, humans, uh, Vulcans, and Dorians, and the other ones, uh the, Cor- 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 the planet of
1: cordon The Cardins, yes. which know. are which are a actual race in Star Trek, but like definitely around the edges.
2: Yes, like and the Corridons, the fifth Federation founding member. And I'm like, excuse me. Wonder what happens <laughs> to them in this book. Um yeah. uh, He just really has to like you know make some speeches go pick up the vulcans go around do some shit uh get everyone to the right place all the dipl- diplomacy is in place this this thing is a done deal uh it's fine nothing could go wrong uh but across the galaxy uh, uh on andoria um the anar from that arc are uh, being kidnapped by the romulans uh because the romulans are like this uh coalition is bad news for us if they start realizing that they can like become a state themselves we're fucked so we gotta blow them up because we're the only empire who knows what to do around here uh and uh to do this we're gonna kidnap the anar and restart the project of all the like stuff in that episode with the like telepath piloting uh super weapon ships yeah mobile armors. mobile armors right yes, right they put they put andorian <laughs> cyber new types or just new types, I guess uh, in, yeah. in mobile armors and that's that is exactly what happens in that episode uh, yeah and trans there he like saves a couple uh, as like these Orion pirates uh, like kidnap some of the a and he follows after them, and by follows after them, I mean requests uh, like goes directly to uh, archer and is like, you need to help me out uh, the andorian um command aren't going to help me out because uh you are like owned me too hard (laughs) in that one episode and so i'm useless and worthless which means you owe me uh you got to do this and he's like ah i don't know we don't have the evidence i've got to do this it will like provoke political tensions and if we just like fly into romulan space or like we the the orion's can be sending to anyone who know we we can't say for sure that they're definitely a front for like a romulan plot and shran's like okay fuck you and, and then goes to like sit in his um in his quarters trip's also like come on dude then archer calls up the admiral gardener who basically says exactly what archer says to him and he's like oh you're right that's that's real asshole shit isn't it okay fair enough <laughs> um, so they all disobey orders they all uh go chase uh go chase down the um uh these Orions. but trip is not he's not convinced they're doing enough he's like we have to do more we have to stop them and uh Malcolm's like, hey, I've got an idea for you. Uh, I, remember me in that one episode, I was a Second 31 guy and Arch was really not happy about that. Well, uh, he'll be fine with it because, you know, you just, just tell him what you're doing first. <laughs> and uh, he's like, okay, cool. Uh, and calls up the Second 31 guy and Second 31 guy is like, hey, uh, you're right, Let's, we need to do something. And what we need to do is turn you into a Romulan Send you behind enemy lines. It has to be you because only you know how to, like, fuck with the engineer stuff because they're going to have Warp 7 ships and we'll lose a war if they have Warp 7 ships. Uh, you need to go do a Black Ops mission, uh, turn yourself into a Romulan like they did in TMG that one time. Also, we don't know what Romulans look like, but someone else does. Uh, and they'll be fine. Are we fine? And uh, let's let's do that. Let's fake your death right now. So then <laughs> they reframe the end of Trip as, like, those random pirates coming aboard the Enterprise to fight Shran as, like... Uh, fake thing like that's the the, ha- ha- the scene happens like every scene from <laughs> basically every scene from uh these are the voyages happens just in a slightly different context with a lot of commentary about how stupid it is uh and uh he dies dies quote-unquote only flocks and uh malcolm no malcolm because he's the second 31 contact flocks because he has to sign a death certificate Archer as well, obviously, uh, and they send him off on this mission to go behind uh, enemy lines in uh, in Romulan space and try to figure out what like attack they're planning and uh, and stop it. And meanwhile, Shran and Archer uh, chase the uh, the like Orions who have kidnapped the Anar. Uh, in Archer's plot, they get back the Anar. Uh, there is a subplot about like um, Shran, the woman he's in love with, and then like all of her bondmates. <laughs> because you yeah. have the four bondmates thing from all the, you know, remember that from DS9 books? Everyone's favorite plot point. I fucking, <laughs>
1: in the DS9 books, it was kind of obnoxious. I, I think I've just turned a corner and I think it fucking sucks. Uh, we have four, we have four genders, but it's definitely two men and two women. And we don't explain how why they need that, but we definitely need that to make a single baby. And it's our be- species is basically doomed because of it.
2: <laughs> it's, it's because like, it's not written with anyone saying interesting about gender. So it's always the plot of like, bitterness when there's actually there's always only one real couple and some people are bitter about it that's like that's the only but plot they have
1: the actual according to the design books and this one's tron the actual only plot they have is that
2: one of them a, tragically dies. three
1: three people three people are totally fine and one person can't get over themselves <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes uh, anyway well the person who can't get over themselves is like threshar what's his name Th- hmm, i forget everyone's name but there's a lot of aliens in this book yeah um, but one of them uh he's you know following along but he's a pacifist who so is not enjoying this like secret black ops mission uh though eventually does use his telepathic abilities to like uh cause all the romulans to kill each other on the ship that's like holding the anar they can't teleport them out they have to like beam over themselves and get them out like initially they're like okay we just need to get close and teleport them out we can't start a fight because that would start a, like an incident um like a political incident that would literally be an act of war uh but beaming over there and having them shoot themselves telepathically—that's morally—they're they're still within, like, you know, uh, rules, lawyering their way out of it somehow. Uh, but um, he can't, like, get back on the beam, and he, they, you know, he like instructs all the Romans to evacuate, and uh, Archer tragically blows them up. As Shran realizes, maybe I shouldn't be so rude to this guy as he dry- dies. Um, oh, he—he did—he
1: he did, he did bravery in his own way. It wasn't just fighting people
2: even though the bravery he did was definitely fighting people.
1: Yeah, but Shran doesn't
2: see it like that. Sean doesn't see it like that. No, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of the arch plot. He, you know, goes back home and uh, uh, is... That, that's, the, that's the arch side of the plot. Uh, the trip side of the plot. Uh, he goes behind enemy lines. He has a second 31 agent uh, with him who's like, look, we're, you know, like, we're not that evil. You just need a CIA sometimes. And you're all cowards. We'll, 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 we'll circle back around to this. <laughs> Um, and so they go. They go behind enemy lines. They all get turned into Romulans. And like, holy shit, Romulans are Vulcans. And I'm like, yes, yes, they are. Um, we have to cover that up because of Star Trek law. Uh, so yeah. that is now like a, a section 31 of hyper secrets. I mean, the, the in-universe
1: justification of we're about to form a coalition, everyone thinks the Vulcans are assholes because they've, they've basically been colonizing space for 300 years, so they are giant assholes, but now they're chilled out a little because they had to overthrow of the government or whatever, so we can't tell them that they're exactly the same as, like, the spooky boogeyman who lives across yes. the galaxy and is trying to kill us all.
2: I, I was surprised. I like I liked the am Hang on, I'm going to speak Oh, God, sorry.
1: I'm, I'm not, not editing that out, so God God everyone it. enjoy. Just,
2: that's I was gonna say. Please edit that out. Just edit that. Out, just for me. Just for me. Uh, well, goddammit. it. Sometimes you have to sneeze. Uh, yeah, I and mean, we'll we'll circle back around to all that stuff. Uh, he goes behind the enemy lines. Uh, his job is to like uh, meet up with this sect. Uh, that's like a a different side of the Empire, and they're like allies, they hope they're allies, right? Like, they, they disagree with the Praetor, uh, they've got their own views, and they'll be like, they'll help us as we go to, like, figure out what they're doing, are they going to strike uh, Coridium Prime, because that's where the Dilithium is um so let's we can get the details that way uh this group uh absolutely is not there to help them uh they are there to develop the warp seven ships for their own purposes and then they can rule the romulan empire once again no one in the romulan empire wants shit to do with any humans ever shouldn't have trusted them i mean they are they are technically you know they have their Romulan disguise at this point but they've never met a romulan so they're kind of bad at it uh instead um Trip and this guy uh, go hang out with uh, Space Oticon for a while, who is developing the warp seven engines. Uh, the second one guy dies as they—they're like Ruse is immediately spotted, uh, and Trip escapes with this scientist. Um, I feel like we will we'll circle. I'm not gonna—I'm gonna let you finish. This—this <laughs> this is like the three hundred pages of the book. Like this is the biggest part of the book.
1: No, I just feel like Space Otacon is—is uh, is rude. I think this character is more interesting than that
2: um yes a little a little a little uh, but he's doing a space autocon thing what do you want from me uh he he's developing the engines for the thing and i guess he's being he's more under duress than otacon otacon was never been yeah. under duress he's also like he's
1: also face. like a senile like scientist right in his like dying years
2: yes and he's being like uh kidnapped from like one group romulus for another who want the warp 7 skills in his brain for for themselves yes. Uh, yes. and he's like more lucid than he's letting on because it's his only defense against being murdered. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're doing that and trip escapes with him and he's like, okay, who are you? You're not like my long lost friend who you you are clearly disguised as, uh, I, sampled your blood and he's like um i'm trip uh you can come with us live on the other side of the berlin wall where we have freedom and he's like uh no i will not be doing that uh but well actually he says he says yes i will be doing that and the minute trip turns around teases him and leaves he gives he basically gives him the kiriko uh uh, you know uh of plexus punch but with a with a, a bit of like a plasma relay or something yeah, uh, and then gets in an escape pod and uh, basically uses because you know they're looking for him. They don't realize that a humans also infiltrated them. So uh, the Romulans like pick him up and go back. Uh, he learns that uh, the the attack on Cordion Prime is like going to happen in seventy two hours, and he beams that out. Mm-hmm. He like you know communicates that with Archer, and then is like on his way back uh, through Roman space to try to get back to Earth. Not you know he's a while away though. He's deep in Romulan territory at this point so he's coming back uh archer gets the news then the end of the book happens which is that archer has to like try to convince them to do anything about cordian prime admiral gardner is still not convinced even though he has like first-hand intel there's going to be an attack in three days no details about the attack no one knows what it means uh they get the information to cordian they like evacuate everyone but like to bits of the planets where there are less dilithium in the ground not off world uh the attack happens, no one can stop it, and uh Cordium Prime is like extremely blown up. Like it's not like the the planet's not gone, but that you know, they lose uh their shipbuilding mines and they lose half their dilithium. Uh they're like the power cent they're meant they're basically the like power center for this new coalition and uh they lose all of that. And uh, they withdraw from the coalition because of like internal political strife has been like we have to fix our own shit. We can't like give resources to you. We'll like joining this will uh, be uh, seen as like an occupation in in this context. And they're like, but then we can't retaliate by like in declaring war on the Romulans because you're an independent state and not part of our like treaty. And they're like, that's I guess your problem. Also, I agree with you. I'm the diplomat, but I'm tragically my hands are tied by the off-screen bad politicians, and. Everyone is very dispirited until Archer makes us the big speech about the need to, you know, can't give in to the hatred, we must accept the pluralism of Star Trek, the Federation, blah 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 blah, uh, and everyone is renewed in their, like, this new venture. Uh, the Romulan commander, Valor, is like... Uh, well i guess we achieved our aim with this mission but this was probably a stupid idea as an opening move in a long war and then the commander's like but we totally wiped out their like big ship how are you talking about it? he's like well now you know the accordion involved with these four species is like nowhere a threat like this is now basically a war uh they're still their resolve is tight um their species are not to be fucked with this is going to be a difficult fight so uh this is begun the romulan war has is basically how this book ends uh trip to like trip goes back to earth meets with the second 31 uh person and he's like we have to keep you dead for uh this whole war you're now our like secret romulan spy and trip's like god damn it that sucks uh but i guess i'll do it because uh, you're right uh but in his last moments, decides to like uh go to the uh place where all of the like uh treaties are being signed and he's he's having his own funeral also like his memorial uh is there and his parents are there and he just watches them all for a distance uh but he gets Archer to give a letter to to, to pull and reveals himself to to pull, who is immediately like first of all you couldn't tell me why couldn't you tell me you you should have just told me i would also have kept it secret you told reed you told fucking reed um and second of all is like holy shit the romulan's are Vulcans. uh genetic drift uh and then he's like yeah this would be a political nightmare if this gets out we have to extremely keep this up uh, and she's like absolutely agreed and then they like sadly and tragically uh part again uh like their relationship is now in a better place they were very tense at the start of the thing and now they're like have feelings again for each other but must leave for reasons of war and he goes off on his next mission as the romulan war has not officially begun but is basically beginning the next book is not titled the romulan war there are two romulan war books but the next book is not one of them so i guess we got another another round of like uh from the from the edges detente uh but uh, eventually we'll get there, and that's that's the plot of this book, yeah,
1: the uh, next book is called Kobayashi Maru, which I'm like, hmm, what's this about? um oh, this looks like it's a uh hernandez and um and archer book about them doing shit,
0: oh,
2: sweet, oh oh oh, what's yeah. that I'll read that, yeah,
1: yeah, um, anyway, um, I actually like this book quite a bit, yeah. It's like, it's 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 weird because, like, it's it's a big shaggy dog story that you could have told in half the space, but I like the, I, I think the stuff where it kind of meanders is, like, where the good stuff
0: is.
2: <laughs> so, I really, really like the first, like, third of this book.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and I think I, I came down in the middle bits where it was like going back between the two, Trip and Archer plots, and then every Archer section was about Shran and his, you know, the bomb mates of Shrall, and so I was like, I hate this, this is boring. Yeah. The the
1: Endorian stuff sucks, Tripping a spy isn't interesting, they don't know how to write that story. <laughs> at all <laughs> no they really don't there's like there's like zero spycraft there there's a guy who's like the super spy who comes in and is like okay i'm going to tell you exactly what to do and then he doesn't know what he's doing and then he gets killed
2: <laughs> like <laughs> and then because the Romulans are like actually good at being spies they all spot them immediately <laughs> yep
1: yeah. Um, it's just, that stuff's all like weird and not interesting, but like the details around, around this stuff, I think is good. Like the, the coalition of planets, which is, uh, like a thing that enterprise floated at the very end, which was like. Before the Federation, because they didn't want to commit to Archer being like the person who founded the Federation, there was the League of Nations version of the Federation called the Coalition of Planets. And even Jake and Nog are like, yeah, no one gives a shit about that thing. That's not the real thing. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I think that stuff's really good where it's like, oh, we, we're just four planets. We're not calling us we're not calling ourselves the Federation of Planets, obviously. Uh, we're just we're just a bunch of we're like in a mutual defense and aid pact. <laughs>
2: We've made NATO. The way in which like this is the thing that's good about enterprises, right? Like in the spaces of Star Trek going to happen, the you are able to read these very earnest, like impassionate, uh, defenses of like mid two thousands, post nine eleven pluralism, as like the founding blocks of an imperial worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Second Thirty One is an evil organization in the shows, like pretty objectively. Um, yes, and this doesn't like. This has like, oh, well, secondary one are good now, but the, the the difference isn't that like it's you can't inherently have a morality to your like deep space deep state like spy program, right? The morality comes from the power structure of the state itself. It is different when you are four states in like being surrounded by empires that need to like uh you know build your own version of a nation and defend yourself compared to when you are like the hegemon against which all things have to like uh you know uh agree to uh and that is the difference in the Section 31 uh like yeah appearances, not the, the
1: argument the, argument, the argument put forward for the section 31 in this book is like the Vulcans are spying on everyone. We know. We yes. have proof. We've seen yes. it. <laughs> the Andorians are ready to search all the time. We know the Romulans are spying on everybody. Uh, they've, Im- like, they infiltrated, uh, oh, that, that's not, that's not, the part where Vulcan, where Romulans have infiltrated Vulcan is not actually known to the Federation in Enterprise. Is it? No. Um, no, the,
2: but like, they don't mention it in this book. But are they ever going to circle around to the scene from that one arc where, like, the entire Vulcan arc is, like, I mean, mean, They do plunk?
1: because, because Trip immediately meets that guy and is like, it's that fucking guy.
2: Yes. But he doesn't, like, bring that back to the uh, Federation, even though he probably should have said that.
1: I mean, Uh, I'm sure it's in his report. I'm sure Sex 31 knows, right? Anyway, uh, the point, the argument is, like, Starfleet's good and all. It's nice to shake hands and plant flags, but you have to be willing to, like, understand that states operate as states. And you can't just go and, like, colonize your way against, like, people who already have, like, military bases on the planets you're landing on. Yes. Someone, and, um, I think it's, I think it speaks really well to the story where, like, Trip and Archer both react with, like, this knee-jerk reaction of, like, you're, you are just, like, uh, Terra Prime, the Terra Prime people, um, and you also are, like, these weird, like, you know, human supremacists, like, you want to curtail our, uh, everything to these to our turn trip is someone wants to stop us from going out into space and being our best selves. Like, no, we want you to be your best selves. It'll be great when we're all our best selves, but until then, we're going to keep a gun loaded. <laughs> right. This is and, just, yeah. and the text of Enterprise and of, like, just geopolitics in general is, like, you would be naive to the point of, like, not like negligence towards your people to not have the gun loaded. Right. That's just the, that's just the world they operate in.
2: <laughs> like the, the, uh, the way this is put forward in this book is just that, like real politic is real. Like it exists. you cannot uh, wish your way out of like the existence of States and yes. States having interests uh, and like lying to you. So you can only approach this with the knowledge that you must also be like thinking in these terms and operating in this space. Uh, yeah. And the difference in, in, like, the, in Starfleet is positive as, like, the, like, the biggest difference with the humans, and I feel this is, like, one of the most defining traits of humans in Star Trek, whether the show knows it or not, is that they hate to think of themselves, like, they genuinely think of themselves as different, but they're not. Every other species yeah. has been doing it, they gotta do it too.
1: Yeah. Um it makes a it makes a really good pitch for Section 31, is like in this era of the Enterprise era, I feel like they are much more honest about themselves than anything that Starfleet's doing. Absolutely. It's it's only when the Federation becomes the like the hegemon of the quadrant and still Section 31 is like a secret organization operating out Earth that you're like, hmm, I don't know. Now this seems like a little bit like the secret police. <laughs>
2: But that, that, but that's the difference, right? Is it like the, the 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 secret police are imbued with power by the like nature of the state they serve. Yes, it is yes. different when you are like have a gun loaded at you by the Romulans and the Klingons, and yes. you barely exist. Uh, once yes. it, you are where the buck stops, like the entire power relation is different. But yep. the Section Thirty-One themselves don't change.
1: Yeah, the thing that I think is interesting is like n- DS 9 never made the argument that the Tal Shiar justify Section Thirty-One, even though they could have and honestly probably should have doesn't he
2: never mention he, i'm i swear
1: that uh, yeah but like i don't think that. the episodes make a pitch the way this book very easily in like two pages makes a pitch for section 31 i'm like yeah of course you need section 31
2: uh because in 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 ds9 specifically it is French through share, and it is like this fascist comes in and is like haha you're so naive um uh, you must understand that we are necessary. And then Bashir and Sisko defiantly go, no, we will never give in to our base selves, And that's the dichotomy being put. Yes, um, Which is ultimately not really honest to what, like, a spy organization is. Yeah. Um, like...
1: It's also, I feel like it's really dishonest to, like, the spirit of post-Roddenberry uh, Trek, which is about mm-hmm. recognizing that, like even in the future when many material condition problems are solved people still generate drama and conflict by the nature of being people
2: yes and like as post-war and star trek like generates lore right like through tng and ds9 then voyager like is an attempt to move away from it and people like it less is about the shifting alliances between like established uh you know, like nations and peoples with different worldviews, right? Like that is what is, the, that is the drama of Star Trek and what people like about it. Um mm-hmm. It's like, It's why we like enterprise more than um voyager is that even if like the episodes themselves may be of like similar quality voyagers aliens are random guys who you never see again usually sometimes you know i know there's running aliens but it's different right yeah the federation is a i understand what it means when an alien you know stuff with uh cardassia happens i know what that means i know the relationship to all the other powers uh and that is like the chessboard that is how they tell stories in star trek
1: yeah Um, so that's just like, that, that's like the stuff that I think is really good here. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Starfleet, uh, Earth needs a CIA right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. You need a CIA. Yeah.
1: Um... If you didn't, you'd just get obliterated by the Romulans. Like, it's just the material truth. The truth. Like, this this spitting into the stuff that we've read in, like, that, that Section 31 work book where, like, Bashir has to, like, work to undo the evil genetic manipulation of Section 31 that they're... Maybe they're building super soldiers, actually, is so cartoonishly stupid compared <laughs> yes. to this stuff.
2: Because the reality of, like, Spycraft, right, is that the violence is done... uh in backgrounds, but it's not like cartoonish violence, right? It's only done out of sight and only done in like deliberately pressing way it's not why would they build a super soldier arm? why would section 31 do that it goes against everything of how power works yes. it doesn't give you more power to do that they, you know it's just yeah. yeah
1: the thing the thing the thing that ds9 and like the ds9s like and i feel like this is true of section 31 in like discovery too forgets is the reason spy organizations exist is the idea that we're willing to inflict violence on like three individuals if it means that we save millions right or billions in the case of star trek right
2: but that's the argument always being made right as like you know whatever. but that that is fundamentally star trek's argument has been since wrath of khan but i mean like not just star trek and like the entirety of Western media about this, almost all of it, right. is usually put forth in those terms. And it's usually like, you know, you want me on that wall type speech, right. Uh, Of like, you are not willing to dirty your hands, but you know, the needs of the many, blah, blah, blah. blah."
1: Yeah. yeah, Um, But like the Star Trek's needs of the many has always been about like Kirk made a selfish choice and it worked out this time, but like, would it work out forever? And the answer should be no. It's not because, because the Star Trek movies, the Star Trek movies or whatever, but like Star Trek never is willing to reckon with the idea that like, you can't just Starfleet captain speech 40 minutes into the episode, you're way through every problem. It but doesn't also, work that way.
2: But also when it does, right? Like this is why we don't like In the Pale Moonlight is that it's the one time that the Starfleet captain does that. Whereas the thing that Enterprise, I was about to say understands when it comes to it so like kind of accidentally in a like, productive yes. disaster. The thing that Enterprise ends up positing is that that is the just day-to-day life of a Starfleet captain. You're doing that every yeah. day. You're always making up fake things to assassinate Romulan to get people into a war. That is just what Statecraft is. That's what it is. Yeah. And then when you tell that to someone, someone's like,
1: no, it isn't. And you're like, well, no, it's actually really hard out there. It's like, no, it's going to be different for me. I'm going to bet it's not going to be that different. (laughs)
2: Well, I mean that's that's Archer going post 9/11 brain also. Yes, very yes, funny. I know. Because in this book, he's he like says the Shran of like y- you. I think it'll be worth it, but uh all I ended up for my like post 9/11 brain is my like you know I had like bad conscience and you know and, yeah. You know, oh, I me, mean, I felt bad. so I felt
1: so bad about doing violence to save all of my people. It worked, Archer. What the fuck
2: are you on about? <laughs> It's it's a very funny scene. It's peak Archer to be like the because mo- at this point in the story, uh, Archer is like he's going to be president of the Federation, and he is the he's willing to do this violence immediately. If Second 31 One didn't exist, Archer would just order Trip to do this himself. Yes. Like the second anyone only exists because that is like the law thing, but uh, the, the part the part where
1: Star Trek still believes like cowboys are good but spies are bad is <laughs> baffling to me. Right,
2: the morality of Star Trek is just completely broken, and in yeah. ways that this book synthesizes into something fairly interesting, especially in those yeah. bits. Um because at the start, I was really hoping for like more moving pieces for like the states i guess i wanted to see how the vulcans were but like initially it's like cutting from like from earth to vulcan to andoria to to romulus um, to all these places i I
1: just think fundamentally you're never gonna get that out of star trek books because they're hmm. you know they're sci-fi books for people who like the television shows right
2: and not like okay because in my vision of like what you do post enterprise it's like the most uh you know really Rich is the wrong word, but like really bogged down in minutia uh negotiation of different parties to a conclusion we know. Uh, yeah,
1: you're already watching or you're already reading John Wick Away. You can just keep doing that.
2: I can just keep watching, reading John Wick away. <laughs> after this I was like, damn, I really need to read John Wick away again because this is not <laughs> this is this isn't doing it like that. Maybe I really should go read Small Town Germany after this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Imagine someone uh, listening
2: to this hearing John Wick away for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be. That
1: might actually be a lot of people.
0: Honestly. A lot of people. We sort a of joke Look,
1: away. Now. You, don't, you don't have to. You don't have to know. It's fine. It's
0: fine. You it's can fine. figure out
1: the context clues who we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the other thing I, I, I really like the stuff with Trip and like uh, to Paul and Archer in this book. I think mm-hmm. it's really good. Um, I think Archer like having to let go of the part where he, for like, as far as this, like all the Star Trek fiction is concerned for 20 years, Archer has basically been like grooming his like tag along friend to be his like left hand and everything. And like him being like, Oh, I have to, I have to, you're like a person now. I have to like, see you as that and let you go do your own thing as, as a person is like really good yes. because Star Trek loves to keep characters together through inertia, even though that's not how power dynamics work in real life.
2: And that's like one of the central complaints of uh, the, these of the voyages is that, everyone has their same rank chips, like nothing's changed, the Enterprise is ident- identical they made made a few set changes because it was the last yep. episode, they like had like 12 pence left over to change the carpet a bit uh, Yes, but uh <laughs> it had been it had been the whole like a ten, a 10 year voyage basically uh is the canon of like how long that was and nothing had changed about anyone's dynamics yep. about the ship about anything and so yeah. this book comes in like kind of purposefully to change that up but i think generally speaking the books we've read have been better about those changes the thing that yes. i i don't necessarily trust in the long term is that they won't like gravitate back to the elemental uh well ideal. this is why
1: this is why like We were about to embark on the TNG books and we both had like a creeping suspicion that those aren't going to be what we want because at the end of the day, TNG books are going to be about Picard in control of the Enterprise. That's just what that fiction is.
2: Yeah, there will just be like a comic book status quo where like bold things will happen and it will return to it. But there's not that risk in the Enterprise era because they know the people like who are reading this, they want the like ridiculous Romulan war plots and they're already Star Trek nerds. No one's like cares. No one. I don't think a single person in the audience is like, Damn. If Travis isn't flying the ship, then what are we even doing? Here?
1: <laughs> Literally, every time it cuts to Reed, I'm like, w- we're wasting time. What are we doing? I don't give a shit about this man.
2: <laughs> I like Reed. He's such a fucking asshole.
1: I fucking hate Reed. I hate, I I just think of Dominic Keating's stupid, <laughs> smug face <laughs> and his inability to act as he, like, Zoolander faces his way through every scene
2: the thing I like about Reed in how he's written, especially later on, is that, like, Reed's not a nice person, but in no way that is narratively thematically or emotionally rich he is just a <laughs> shitty co-worker and like he has an elemental just like assholeness to
1: him and but like but, <laughs> like not even in a way where anyone needs to do anything about it he's no. not like problematic he's just kind of a stick in the mud that everyone doesn't like
2: and so the dynamic of because when star-, star Trek works it's basically just like an office comedy on some level like it is a show yeah. about the same people who go have like co-workers and they work through their shit together and i really like uh, Reed read as a choice in that because <laughs> he He's just, he's just a fucking asshole. You have to deal with him. He's so weird. Why is he like this? Yeah. Uh, which is why um, whenever they try to give Reed, like, you know, the, like, dramatic pathos plot, it's terrible.
1: Yeah. But, uh, there's a bit at the very end when, when Tripp comes back in and, uh, he's like talking to Archer where he calls him Jonathan and even the narrator's like, uh, like it's in Archer's head. That's why he's like, well, that's really weird. He called me Jonathan. I okay. guess he has the right to do that.
2: Yeah. He's like, oh, right. He's not just like my lackey in a way it's like it's it's good because as you say like archer has for this entire time seen himself and trip as like best buds on the same level even though he knows they're not like he can order trip to do anything anytime yeah Uh, yeah but it's, it's it is a good thread about like someone who has been blind to the power dynamic of one of the central relationships of his life like having to recognize that
1: yes uh and then the top also is just really good the part where she immediately is like oh he's not dead and Flock's like no, no no i i saw him he's dead he's definitely dead and she's like oh maybe it's just me being emotional i guess because uh, i'm the one vulcan who's all like in tune with my shit uh because t'apol is essentially the best character in, in star trek it's her like wharf i think is like straight yeah. up
2: there's, i don't think there's really any contest yeah <laughs> um, like yeah i mean t'apol stuff is really good um yeah and would only have been better if they like you know kept going, so they didn't fuck it up, right? Like she's only let down by only having four seasons of like screen content.
1: Yes. Um, also, they really like the first season wastes her in like, oh, we're gonna have the hot
2: lady be the Vulcan. I was thinking in this in this book about how like before they settled on uh, Trip to pull to Archer was a the thing they were pushing. To had. Future like was future married to both of them within one season. This is yes. the kind of writing that was going on in this show, and yes. somehow yes. still incredible character. Don't um, know how that happens. I
1: I like the Depaul Archer stuff because it feels it. Neither of them feel like they're interested in it, but it feels like in the narrative, there's always the gravity of like, that was the obvious choice. Um, because they're mo- they're both aligned in sensibility, and like, you know, uh, there's like a lot of like weird energy directing that as to like, this is where it's going. Um, and I've always liked that, like, neither character feels invested in that as an idea ever. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it only exists for people who are like weird power fuckers, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, and so her and Tripp being together has always been a thing I've liked. I, I think it's a cool dynamic. I like T'Pol because she's the Vulcan character. Because of all the things that happen to her, the ridiculous Star Trek plots that happen to everybody, uh, she comes out the other end as, like, an emotionally intelligent, in tune with her feelings person who can relate to humans even if sometimes they piss her off all the time. <laughs>
2: uh, the part where, like in basically every exchange in this book with archer she like completely bodies him yes (laughs) so good and she's like are you telling a joke and she's like i would certainly hope not bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah the thing is
1: when when that when that happens in tos when people at the end of the day everyone's like oh mr spock were you telling a joke and he's like surely not captain there's like a certain thing where like it feels like everyone is reacting to like making fun of spock's pride that never happens to depaul depaul is running fucking circles around these humans (laughs) but like but like not even in like a mean way because it started out mean like it was like oh yes you you fucking smell you don't know shit about the universe i fucking hate you you got all these emotions uh we're just better than you and at the the end the other thing it's like turns into like i've learned like i've learned a lot from being with you to the point where like we're both fundamentally different people and i respect that difference um but i'm still gonna own you every time
2: (laughs) she's so good it, it, she has such a thankless role in this but because of how hot close it has to hew to these are the voyages like all of these the voyages scenes have to happen um so like the so the second that these are the voyages scenes Angie's like all right bring her in tell her tell her about trip <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh so like the plotting of the book's weird because it like has to bend over backwards to fix this stuff uh but it, i think it mostly does a pretty good job of like Giving all of those the right emotional context in pull. Like, to pull's never buys the trip to the dead. Uh, to pull's, like, questioning of all of this stuff always um, and is mostly just, like, trying to be normal while everyone else is doing spy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think it works out really well. Like, I'm, I, I like, you know, I like to pull. I'm glad that this book mostly serves her well. Um, I, I, was, I was anxious about this book in a way of, like, in my head, right? because they don't exist the earth romulan war series of enterprise are the best series of star trek that could ever happen right <laughs> yeah like uh, to be fair
1: i don't know i i feel like what i want out of the you say the words earth romulan war and to me that depicts something that i don't think enterprise is capable in the nature of what enterprise is depicting no. because i think of the way it was always described in TOS which is like like ships that could barely go to warp and like only contact them, like each other over radio, lo- lobbing nukes at each other across space. Yeah. And here's it's, the- it's, it's like a much more crunchy, like Legend of Galactic Heroes style, like space combat where, like ah, uh, this fleet arrived out of nowhere, threw some nukes, and then disappeared. And three weeks later, they hit something. Like people didn't even see it coming because it came out of deep space. And we don't know what that is yet. And right. Enterprise isn't that. Enterprise is TNG Light.
2: Right. Everyone's already going places, and like the yeah. the building blocks they set up in season four specifically of like okay here's all the stuff with the andorians and here's what they're doing and here's their like beef with the vulcans and here's the vulcans that are like being kind of played by the romulans in this situation also the remans are there uh and all these like moving pieces are here and like the tellerites are brought in towards the end they don't really matter but you know they're there the uh, part where the part <laughs> where archer immediately diffuses
1: the like oh everyone wants to leave the coalition now because of the thing that happened what are we going to do and archer comes in and like goes to the Tellarite guy who's being belligerent is like well clearly you're not stupid enough to fuck this up so sit down and he does, because he's a Tellerite and responds to that, and everyone's chill suddenly is so good. I love that bit. It's so good. I like when everyone remembers the
2: Tellarites are actually pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, They're the dwarves of Star Trek, and I've always liked a dwarf, so... i like a dwarf.
2: yeah. 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 But, but all of the things being set up in this season... Us in season four are so good that like by virtue of not existing the future seasons are perfect <laughs> like, like yes the, yeah, yeah. the possible it is the most exciting possibility space in all of star trek is the bit that these books are going to cover and so these books can't like be as they nothing it's an unfair burden to put on like a f- series of tie-in novels mm-hmm. um and i was mostly pleasantly surprised by this because like it's a really really hard thing to navigate especially for like me right who is <laughs> fucking communist and then yes. reading a star trek book written by like you know presumably not a communist written shortly after 9 11 about the like starfleet Earth romulan war like this could yeah. go so bad so fast yeah uh, so yep. I, I was happy mostly with uh, how the stuff went. I, I I did like that. Like the entire book exists to like retcon something, right? That is the like main mm-hmm. idea. is to retcon something that everyone agrees is stupid. This came out two years after the episode, and we we're already retconning it completely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this is. The, I feel like this is the only time where like literally even people who don't read the books are like yeah of course like
2: they they fixed it i'm sure
1: like it can't be worse
2: than what we had <laughs> there's there's like scenes where Jake and Nog basically exist to be like okay so this doesn't make sense why did the pirates get on board the enterprise like it makes they, they literally the run shit. down
1: the memory alpha complaint section <laughs> yeah. and i was
2: i was losing <laughs> I'm laughing, my mind I'm laughing so hard. there must have been like an editorial debate can we put this in is this too cheesy and they're like we have to put it in we can't not cuz yeah all of that's true <laughs> Yep. But it also like this is this is a peak star trek thing to me and what i would also be doing and like relate to lots of our discovery discussions is like Mm -hmm. there's some law things that you got to keep because they're interesting you gotta like fix them right sometimes something happens you gotta fix that but the important thing is to recognize when it's time to completely break a law thing and make (laughs) trip a (laughs) roblin the way the way in which the
1: books like bend over backwards to fix like before right (laughs) like (laughs) a a stupid idea that nobody likes this one they're like no that didn't happen obviously not
2: not (laughs) but they will kick the door open we have to tell the story they have to be able to see the romulans we have to yeah. do that in a way that is interesting and like so that can get we can break that bit uh yes. we gotta fix this bit and it just it, it is very similar to us being like okay well you can't like you know fuck about with uh uh the you know the, this stuff and the b stuff and everything that's and all dumb but uh you you should put um I forgot. I always forget his name. Put uh, what's the the guy from Final *Frontier*? Put him with Michael uh, Barnum. Oh, uh, uh,
1: God! Cyborg, Cyborg, fucking Cyborg. yeah! You erased him from my brain by not saying his name.
2: <laughs> but like it's yeah. that kind of stuff, right? Of realizing yeah. there are interesting connections to be made, and the story is going to get better if Tapul knows what Romulans are. <laughs>
1: Yes. But she's the only one. And she immediately is like, oh, I can't tell anybody this. No. Not a fucking... Because the thing with T'Pol that I think is really interesting is, like, she's in this weird situation where, like, she's the last person in power who believed in the way Vulcan was at the start of Enterprise.
2: Yes. I Everyone else is...
1: Yeah, 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 but, like, you know, those are the two. Everyone, like, the, the rest of the government's been overthrown and been replaced with people who are, like, much more mystical or whatever. But she's, like, she's, like, I don't really believe in, in uh, the fucking uh, Katra idea, even though I hang out with a guy who had Sarek's cult Katra in his, brother not Sarek, uh, Why well, can't think of the fucking guy who created all of Vulcan <laughs> philosophy. Sirax, uh, Sirax, that's Ciroc. why. He literally had Katra in his brain. I, I, I was there. I was in that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I still think it, I still like it, 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 it might it. be bullshit.
2: <laughs> like, I mean, I guess there's there's something in that. Like, it could be technology, it could be, any, but like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And so
1: her being like this weird holdout, where like she was away when her people changed to the point where like. She, she exists out of place and time in a way that's like really interesting. Um, and the, the novel gives enough space for that where I'm like, yeah, she's like going through it. Like she's doing it very quietly and privately because she's DePaul, but like she exists in the, in a, a confluent, like conflicts of eras in a way that like very few people in Star Trek do. Like, this is why her and war for the ones like Worf went through the Klingon empire being three different things. And he was in Starfleet the whole time. <laughs>
2: Uh, And then had to like make it two more different things himself. Yes, yes, with his own two goddamn (laughs) hands. hands. Before Uh,
1: James Kirk came and brained him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely fucking bodied him. Just just, like beat him up. 70 year old reconstructed Romulan Borg technology, James Kirk punched him in the face and knocks out Warp.
1: Star Trek's so fucking dumb.
2: <laughs> uh, Star Trek's so stupid. Uh, God that is the Shadowverse. I don't remember the Shadowverse stuff. I didn't have it on yeah. screen. I'd watch it on screen though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> God.
1: Um there was some other stuff I wanted to bring up, and now I am trying to think of what it all is because we're kinda in wrap-up mode, I guess.
2: We're kinda wrap-up mode with what we're hitting now. What if, so we hit the bit but we hit the 691 One stuff, we talked about the Roman stuff, about the like Coalition of Planets stuff. What else was in this book?
1: Oh, the thing I really like. I think it's like super good, and I don't know if they're building to like touching this again um because obviously these people go on and write more of this series and like there's even there's stuff at the end where like jake and nag are like yeah and who like maybe this explains why cordon went off and did the thing they did and like oh there's some sick shit in a future book (laughs) there
2: there, there is foreshadowing but i wouldn't describe this foreshadowing so much as like listing plot points of future books (laughs) yeah but in ways that are just enigmatic enough over like
1: ah yes i i gotta read book six of this series (laughs) um, Shran and the Enterprise go to uh, literally the place where the pilot takes place in, right? And they're dealing with the fucking Orions again, yes, yes. and everyone fucking hates the Orions. And Archer, who's already like disobeying orders to go do this at all because he's like it's better to save people than to like do the like thing that's good on the books or whatever, lands here with Sean and Sean's like, it's Orion's. We need to kill all these motherfuckers and free right, all these slaves. Yes, and Archer stands there and goes, we didn't come here We're to free, free slaves. <laughs> right, sorry.
2: Ah, in this entire discussion, did I forget that Archer is literally Qui Gon's in this book? <laughs> and, and Shran, who is
1: Who, in this book, the one thing I I think this book is, like, kind of bad about is I don't think they understand why Shran is cool at
2: all. No, he's just, like, too angry as Nandor. They don't understand that he, like, understands that he's putting on airs. Yes. Like, Shran's, like, putting on a front because that's just how he is.
1: Yeah. Shran's Sundere, He's not, like, actually an asshole. (laughs)
2: No, whereas he's, he's actually an in this book. And to be fair, Archie treats him very badly.
1: Yes, um, yes, no. He's in a weird place where I'm hoping, like, in future books where he's not on the outs and has been living with a bunch of people that he barely likes because he likes one girl for, like, a year, uh, <laughs> where maybe he'll be a little mellower.
2: And like, he's
0: still I mean, really... if these
1: books go on, the plan, I assume, in these books is the same as the show where he was going to join this crew, right?
2: Like, at some point, he's got a child a little bit because he's going to be on the fucking ship. But there's no episodes, is the thing. Like, it's all going to be war yeah. shit. So... That's what I'm curious about is like
0: mm-hmm.
2: everyone's I assume everyone will get into like you know we'll have that Kobe Ash thing, but I'm fairly sure after that it's the Roman the war books, yeah, um, and I assume that everyone will just like be in their own subplot for the book for the like for the war
1: yeah i guess um but yeah him being so furious that archer's like i'm going to uh, ignore the orders when they're convenient for me but the minute i see like actual injustice being done the galaxy like i've got i've got shit to do i can't bother with all these people these people
2: got to save themselves and he's like we will be saving them but if i form the coalition of planets and then we will be able to like we can can make a
1: resolution that there should be no slavery in the galaxy
2: and then do fucking nothing (laughs) and in this moment shran is just like aghast
1: yeah. Like, I mean, we've seen TOS. Orions are still slavers in TOS. Yeah. Didn't do much, guys. Before they, before they became hot booby scientist ladies in Imzadi,
2: they were slavers. <laughs> oh god, Peter David writing about my—I am woke about this hot Orion girl because she's a scientist, but she's still she fucking yes, hot. She's 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 got her hair up and is
1: wearing librarian glasses. Obviously, this is the least horny thing I can do. <laughs>
2: No, this is respectful. I will make my <laughs> <laughs> I will make my Orion Girl wear librarian glasses and a lab coat because truly I respect women. My name is Peter David. I'm writing in Zadi, yes. by the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh the there, this is text of the book is literally two steps away from we're gonna teach all the slaves to code and they can liberate them god himself. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and and Shran's the only person who complains about it, but you know what? Best. I love it. <laughs>
2: It's, it's, I mean, like, in this moment, they have their, like, shit to do, but, like, right. what it ends up doing is, like, in the mind of the book and the mind of Archer and, like, the morality that is eventually the one that Star Trek comes to, it is that, like, the negotiations of statecraft are more important than freeing slaves. That's just true, right?
1: Uh, um, yep. Like McKee sit here and go like, God damn it, this is why we fucking died. <laughs> right,
2: like, this is the whole thing, it's like, we can't do deal with this right now because we have to stop the Romulans, and like, it doesn't affect anyone, like, any these people give a shit whether the Coalition of flat- Plants becomes the Federation or whether the Romulans expand further, like, they're slaves! Yeah. What the fuck, Free guys? Free Free them! Free them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... It's uh, it's it's good. It's a good scene to have to remind remind yourself that even Enterprise, which is like the Trek characters, I think are in some ways the most honest about what Star Trek, is are still like fucking assholes who are b- blind by the writer's inclination and the needs of this story to be the way they are.
2: But it's it's in a book about the need to do violence to free people, yes. right? To do like yes. off the book illegal violence in order to protect people. But yes. what that means is fucking with like weird, uh, you know. Um, other states, you know, it's yes. like a secret war between their secret police. You can't yeah. just, you know, blow up the slavers. That's not the violence we're talking about. And the thing is, this book, and
1: this isn't true of some of the Star Trek books we've read. Like the, the Discovery books, don't know this. Like these, these authors don't have an answer to this, but they do no. at least see the friction, which is way more than I'm expecting out of these books at this point.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I mean that's why we kind of like stop doing this. Is that yeah. a lot of the books walk up to the line, and we have a lot of books where like. The first half would be laying down all these really interesting, like, uh, frictions and questions and, uh, like, the nature of Starfleet and talking about this stuff pretty directly. And then it just ends and mm-hmm. it's fine. And we go on with next time. And, like, you know, the contradictions of capitalism have been resolved. She next week. Uh, and that's, you know, all I ask for is things to sort of remain interesting. And this book does a good job of that. Like, it's not like the, the, um, oh, what's his name? I forgot the Discovery guy. I'm forgetting everyone's name in this book.
1: Uh, who, What, Lorca? Are you talking about not Lorca?
2: Lor- I mean, the, Lor- I, the Lorca book is one of these, right? That's a really good book. about 20- I don't know who you're I'm talking, talking about. about. I was talking about Saru. It's not the sorry book. Because okay. um, I remember that going to complete piss. The
1: Saru me. book and the Lorca book were both giant pieces of shit, is the thing, so. It, <laughs> <Yes. you know. laughs>
2: but they did have really good open 20%. Are so you like, oh, this is going to go somewhere? No! But <laughs> no. ironically, both books about characters that didn't exist by the book time the books were published. Hilarious. <laughs>
1: um well so oh because of the season this is like we're you know this is basically a season five plot of enterprise i think it's really funny and this is like the books being aware of like where the fandom's at probably like you know they're reading shit online at this point right um the the throwaway line about like man remember when the transporters used to surprise our enemies now everyone just has the obvious defense against transporters yes (laughs) very good
0: uh
1: I, the, one of the, one of the best parts of early enterprise, you're like, man, reframing Star Trek can open up new avenues of like fiction is the part where like the transports just change everything overnight, but they never actually do
2: anything with it. Not it's like even a couple once. episodes, but yeah. barely, because, uh, yeah. because the people writing it have been writing Star Trek for too long. They just, they just see, they just see it. Uh, yep. like half the episodes are just TNG episodes. And then when they do start doing stuff in season four, it's on like a wider scale. It's not like yeah. the transporter can like completely radically shift what it means to fight in space. Yep. Um, but it, they do that here and it's pretty good. <laughs> Romans like yep. we've got a defense for it because we're the Romulans. We we know yeah. what's happening.
1: Do we have anything? I have, I have one more thing. Do you have anything else before we? Um,
2: not really. You know, I think we've, okay. we've got a good discussion.
1: Yeah. So the one thing I think I was reading this book and I was thinking about it and like, I don't know how... I know some people don't do this. So if you don't, don't worry about it. This is just me talking about my process. But like... Watch reading these kind of books specifically i always find myself like thinking about what it would look like in the episode if it happened mm-hmm. you know like picturing these characters interacting or whatever and that's fine i know what enterprise looks like and i know how to do that stuff uh, the thing that i found that was like weird to me is when i thought of like the the cor corridians cordonites whatever and the way the romulan ship hits their planet i wasn't picturing the aesthetics of enterprise i was picturing like kelvin versus discovery aesthetics yeah the, the way the core, uh, I, I looked at Memory Alpha. I, I've seen a picture of what the core knights look like. They're, they're in Enterprise. Um, they're just some dudes with some goofy masks. But the way they're described as having these ornate, like, crab-like helmets that cover their faces and the way the Romulan ship, like, screams into the atmosphere, hitting, like, their shipyards and causing this huge explosion across all the planet. The aesthetics of that to me were the aesthetics of Discovery and the Kelvinverse in a way that was, like, really weird to feel those two things exist together in my brain. Mm-hmm. Because then it cuts it cuts back to, you know, flocks with his goofy CG smile and, like, everyone in, like, you know, Archer throwing a ball for Porthos. And I know what that looks like, and it just looks like that thing in my brain still.
2: Like, the Enterprise, Enterprise is such a small-scale show.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: um.
1: Yeah. And the two things existing together is really... It was, it was interesting, because, like, I... At, like, at some point I'm going to watch Discovery Suits, I'm going to watch Picard. I know these are true things about me. Uh, you know, Um... In a future world where we get, we're somehow bored and want to do more podcasts, we might eventually do that into uh, uh sorry, Star Trek Beyond episode someday.
2: <laughs> well, one day I'd like to.
1: I'd like to, yeah. I was thinking, man, I, I could watch Star Trek Beyond. Oh, we we're gonna do a podcast about that. Shit. Um
2: <laughs> We can just we could just do that. You watch Star Trek Beyond and then tell me. Just yeah. like tap me on the shoulder if you wanna watch Star Trek Beyond all day. Yeah, it's like,
1: oh yeah, well, you know, not this month. We got two more yeah, uh, beach yeah. houses this month. We can't do it this month, but you know oh, yeah, but, yeah. we can <laughs> watch that and record in the day after and have a good episode. We could uh, release that, it'd be fun. Yeah. Um but um, it's weird to feel like people who watch Discovery or like are in Discovery are going to have the that aesthetic identify what Star Trek is as much as anything else, and it's just it's just interesting. It's just interesting friction for me because like I don't think of TOS ever when I think of the aesthetics of Star Trek. I think of the original. I think of the TOS movies, but that's a very different thing.
2: Yeah, I, I'm very curious how that'll go. Like how how I- okay. Here's my 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 question: How many people? are watching the new Star Trek as the first Star Trek because media production has changed so much that, like, it is just, you know, you can you can watch TNG and DS9 on Netflix. There are young DS9 fans. There are young yeah. TNG fans. It, and more than that, uh, I think, like, more than just the way that media access has changed these fans these modern shows are designed to validate people who already like star trek in a way that wasn't true when you were just making a tv show to be shown at nine o'clock in or what you know tv production has like changed radically so i don't know if that will end end up being true because i think that like you know by virtue we'll we'll see in like 10 years right like but by virtue of the production of a lot of these shows now being like throwbacks for nerds um even discovery which was meant to be pushing things forward is has a lot of that
0: uh, yeah
2: i wonder how true that will be um but uh just to validate you i didn't think of that but i thought of exactly the same thing which is just uh the one fucking fake coruscant planet getting blown up in a uh, force awaken so still jj abrams yeah <laughs> same thing
1: uh, yeah um the thing i thought about was the the like huge swarm ships attacking the big uh outpost in star trek beyond oh this um, is how you
2: thought damn i should watch star trek beyond
1: yeah yeah um yeah just generally like the busy the busy action scene where there's a lot of debris is like a abrams verse uh you know new star trek thing you guys not called yeah kelvin verse whatever um,
2: I, I mean i can, i know exactly how this scene would be done in enterprise i can picture it like perfectly one-to-one in my head
1: well yeah there, there, there's an animation that they watch on the view screen and like uh, and then someone reads off how many people died <laughs> right. <and> all <laughs> the cast, right like
2: that is basically <laughs> what happens
1: yeah um the uh, the planet is green and then it turns red and everyone and someone goes ah oh, three billion people just died and a dramatic sting happens and the captain sits down
2: now to be fair I love that shit. I eat that shit I love shit that up. shit, too. When a guy um, sees a screen like change of color and then like dramatically sits down and someone else reads off horrifying statistics, perfect. Yeah. Mwah.
1: Um. Yeah. Gotta go back to log. The, the, the thing that's interesting to me is even though this book came before all that stuff, so, like Trek 9's not out when this book is written, I understand a Trek framework for this more than I re- understand, like, Remember the first Shatnerverse book where they uh, Picard and Beverly and Worf and a couple other people in commando suits fight a giant Borg mech?
2: I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> i can't envision that in a thousand years there are some things that are completely out of like the possibility space of star trek in a way that is sometimes really interesting because like i think the stuff in twilight which is absolutely this is doing this like very knowingly like when they reach that one planet and it's like unknowable beings that communicate through light things on their chest that they've rigged up to their own things and then like the disaster is the sky falls on them <laughs> like yes it's just evocative in a way that star trek is incapable of being on television because it is a television show of people standing in rooms uh, yeah and that stuff felt like deliberately different but you're right there are some things in these books that like feel like to the authors they're just doing sci-fi cool stuff yeah uh but when you like think about them as you read are like fundamentally incompatible with how i think of like a star trek story to go
0: and yes look
1: yeah um that's it there's no conclusion i just think it's really interesting there's an interesting friction of reading books based off of a television and movie franchise that i've seen a lot of like i've seen thousands of hours of star trek i know what star trek looks like
2: uh, uh i like the ending when the guy's like i know the future the future is getting all our ships to cloak <laughs> we need to stop all this bullshit and put cloaks uh, on our ships
1: the part where, uh, the, the, the warp engineer is like trying to stall for time because he wants to escape or whatever. And so he's, he's writing the diagrams, but not enough to tell the guy in charge what's going on. And Trip's looking at them and he's like, something doesn't make sense here. And Trip intuits that they have to be using an artificial singularity to get that much power out of a ship is really good. I think that's just like a good bit of like, oh, Trip's like actually on the ball in a way that like, we don't see him do very often because enterprise is not actually a show about engineer solutions in the yeah. way that like TNG is,
2: but there's a really good stuff with that. Where he like looks at the diagram and said, the dilithium should go there, but there can't be dilithium. Um, yeah. Like, because it just doesn't work. And because star Trek, you know, this is thank the Akutas, I guess like th- this stuff makes sense enough that these things can yes. work and not just feel like completely made up. Yes. Um, like, but then
1: also it makes the leap that Star Trek often doesn't make where like the minute he realizes that they don't need to to power these engines. He realizes that there's no material cause for invasion. It's about destruction, right? Like yes. it fundamentally changes the way Romulans perceive the universe. If they aren't expanding for resource reasons, they're expanding simply for the idea of empire reasons. Uh,
2: yeah. Cause anything that is like not Romulan is inherently a threat. Like it's just like the yes. logic of empire taken to its extreme. Yes. Um, and that stuff's really good, especially as like, yeah, because like, we we often like talk about like. Why we like stuff, or at least we used to talk about why we like this kind of world building. And I think this is a good reason for it because a lot of people say it like, oh, the techno babble doesn't matter. And they're right. It does. It's all made up. None of it matters, right? But like, yeah. Yeah, the reason the consi- being vaguely consistent about it matters is that when Trip goes, holy shit, that's not dilithium crystals. That's this thing. I know what that means in a narrative way. It's not about like yes. consistency of believability. It's just like, yes. you know, the- why you have all the rules written out on the death note that make one up for later
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um it's good i enjoyed this book quite a bit I, yeah. I hope we get to read more in the future
2: uh me too um but i, I guess that's it for now hey everyone yeah. enjoy enjoy the sos episode dropping
1: yeah um thank you rubric again for having us read these i uh if you, if you want to do more in the future go nuts uh yep. let it rip i'm excited to talk about uh, kobayashi maru <laughs>
2: it i thought they came across klingons in kobayashi maru
1: yeah, I know. I don't know. I we'll like, find out. I was like, are going to bring the Klingons into the Romulan war plot?
2: Let's fucking go! Everyone is yeah, here! Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyway, until then, plugs, Jackson. Uh, you can find me at off on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and m do at Uh, Please listen to them. If you're not listening to uh, other, other podcasts and just subscribe <laughs> to SOS, then, like, more power to you, I guess. We're doing a lot more, but none of it's about Star Trek. Sorry. I
1: know. I know when we stopped doing SOS regularly, we had people come in to the Discord and be like, This is what I listened to. Like I'll check the other ones out. I guess I feel pretty bad about those people. I'm I'm, very sorry this went this way. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, your your sadness it only fuels my anger towards Kurtzman, which is unending,
2: can't be stopped. Oh my god, Picard is so bad.
1: (laughs) Um. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash Um For $1, you get Gundam every week. Uh, we're watching uh, Gundam X and Standalone Complex second gig. They're both very good. We have our friend Austin on, who I don't think gives a shit about Star Trek, uh, which is, you know, good. It's good. It speaks well of him, I think. <laughs>
2: Uh, though if you do just listen to this podcast i can't recommend watching uh ghost and shell standalone complex enough um if you like this podcast and how we talk about star trek please watch ghost in the shell uh Stanley yes complex.
1: absolutely it's basically like, the
2: same show but entirely like more intentional about the real politics stuff
1: yeah um yeah absolutely uh and uh at ten dollars you get voip life for me and jackson goof off uh we don't really talk about star trek there but you know it has similar energy to this. I feel like we 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 talk kind of like we do in this podcast. Yeah. Since we only do this every six months, it turns into we have no like formal structure. It just turns into like the loosest discussion of a thing.
2: <laughs> it's it's good, honestly. I like it. a I like it a lot. It's is a good yeah. way to be. Um. Yeah. Uh, but, uh so for now uh oh, goodbye um, listen oh. it's coming out soon if you this might be a thing people enjoy uh you should listen to a podcast called uh the war on our stars Nora's doing a star wars book podcast if you want lesser books about a lesser space universe uh then go listen to that but the podcast will still be good Nora's great i'm sure it'll still be good um,
1: um but you're right about the rest of it I'm
2: right about the rest of it
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're right about one thing master
0: yeah <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, we don't <laughs> fucking shut up. Well, I don't fucking shut up about Star Wars and I miss Star Trek, so this is how things work out, I guess. Disney um, wins.
1: So yes, goodbye for now. We might be back someday. I don't know when. Maybe six months. Maybe never. Um, but until that point, I will see you out there. It's
0: been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time but my time is finally here. and I can feel a change in the way right now, nothing's in my way, and they're not gonna hold me down no more, no, they're not gonna hold me down, cause I've love him.